Bonjour, hi, and welcome to The Cup, the currently unnamed podcast where the tea is piping hot and we're always ready to spill. I'm Eris Envy, your punk rock hairy fairy, reminding you to drink your protein. It's good for you. And I am Sam DMV, also known as Sam DeMonteverde, also known as Anissa Long, your fellow friendly trans non-binary Filipino-Canadian mentally unstable hot mess hailing all the way from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, or Scarborough if you want to be more specific. And today I got some honey lemon tea, just lemon tea, because detox. Detox? Detox! Actually, I have a fun anecdote. Whenever me and my sister have an argument... Oh, like we say, you didn't say thank you. We now have a habit of saying thank you, detox. Thank you to each other loudly. I love that. What is that about? Yeah, it's probably like the same like dynamic between like detox and and their sister as well. Probably. (laughs) And I love that. I love every bit of that. Oh, I nearly broke my blinds. We're off to a good start today, kids. We're off to a great start. It's time for episode six of Drag Race France. Yes. Uh... <laughs> not the not this episode. So as you see, it is a bit different. Logan is not here with us, but we... We're fighting for our lives right now, but we'll we get there. We are fighting for our lives. But, you know, all the love towards Logan. Um, Obviously, you can see how important Logan is to the cup. <laughs> Who did we lose last week? I'm trying to recall. Okay, so we walk into the workroom and Ellipse is gone. There we go, Ellipse. So we lost Ellipse last week, which I'm still sad about. I'm still very sad about that too. And I think everyone in that workroom was also very sad about that. Yeah, it seemed like there was a lot of love towards Ellipse, especially towards the end of Ellipse's run on Drag Race. And it, I'm still, it still doesn't sit right with me. It's not right. But it is okay. It's it's not right, but it's meh. Meh. So we come back to the workroom the following morning, and the mini challenge is puppets. There we go, puppets. Marionettes. Des marionettes en français. Which which is great because we have I mean we haven't had puppets in a long while. It's been a long challenge. while. Yeah. We get it with UK every now and then. Um we had it with Espana. But that was a mess. A disaster piece. I'm gonna be honest, France was not that much better. But I will say, um oh who had Big Bertha's puppet? I'm trying to remember. Oh um, Paloma. Paloma did a fantastic yeah. job. Plumber really lip <laughs> Oh yeah. No, but I think what kind of made it better, slightly better, like over like Espana in comparison, was just the the puppets themselves. They really made like 
they really had Lagrandum with, with the long, long legs. The I was like, legs. And for some reason, Swad the Muse has a mermaid tail. That just tells me they could not find a, another puppet, and they're like, "Oh, they... well, this one's black, so we'll use it for Soa." Right. But Thank I you, also... Drag Race France production. That was very, <laughs> very helpful of you, Drag Race France. Very helpful. Um, I also love that um Big Bertha was wearing the exact same outfit as her puppet. <laughs> I love her, but why is she always dressed like she works? in like a grease pit like she looks like she works in a Honestly, garage no she actually is dressed like a pit crew member like an actual, actual pit, pit crew member an actual pit crew member not not what we see on drag race Bertha stop trying to make boiler suits happen they're not gonna happen they're never gonna happen <laughs> no um it makes me her outfit makes me think of the show called like the imagination movers I'm not sure if you it's a, I don't it's, think we had that in the UK no no it definitely wasn't in the UK I it might have been in America, but I definitely watched like an episode or two as a Canadian. Um, it was one of those shows that I would watch when there was nothing on as a little kid. Um, oh, when you're home from kindergarten or whatever for the day because you're sick or whatever, and it's just something that's on kids' TV at one o'clock. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, actually, it's more so like 2, 2.30. Um, but literally, Big Bertha has the exact same outfit. She just needs her name like on, on on the on her on her um chest. So I find out the winner of the mini challenge is Paloma. Staring into space for a second there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I'll agree with you and say, you know, we've mentioned this like a couple times now. It was lackluster. It wasn't the best puppet show however i will say paloma was so she was good there was a couple who were serviceable there was lolita and there was also bertha yeah it was say it interessant that was Mm -hmm. supposed to be german and i somehow managed to do it in a french accent unintentionally i meant to say say it interessant Interessant. Yeah, because in German it's Seya, which is S H H R for very. Mm. Très intéressant. Oh, in French. Yes. Canadian, you know. So because Paloma won the mini challenge, she gets to choose everyone's boxes. Oh, well, sorry. Nikki Doll comes into the room. Nikki Doll has been in the room for a while at this point, but Nikki Doll tells us we're having. A perfume challenge, which is a challenge we haven't seen on Drag Race since season five. Season five. Yep. We'll talk about late. We'll talk about it later. But I had higher expectations, and I was just kind of disappointed. Just the concept of of the challenge itself. It wasn't necessarily like the perfume challenge. Yeah, I was expecting more. It was. I was expecting actually make their own perfume. Yeah, it was more so, this box is your brand, work with it. Yeah, yeah. So, speaking of boxes, Paloma gets to assign the boxes. So, the Big Bertha gets assigned the iridescent box, La Grand Dame gets the black box, Soda Muse gets a bamboo box, and uh, Lolita, Lolita gets the pink box, and Paloma keeps the red box for herself. 
Yes. So everyone takes their boxes and starts to open them. They, and they immediately, all open it like one by one. And, and immediately, the big Bertha is like, oh, this box is full of ugly stuff. And rainbow flags were ugly stuff. Yeah. I mean, she got assigned the Jojo Siwa of boxes, apparently. Apparently. I did find that Lolita and Bertha's boxes were like incredibly similar, though, in terms of what they had inside. Yeah, um, we'll talk about it later as well, but I, I would I would definitely say Lolita made, like, solid use of her box. Hmm. Honestly, she used absolutely every prop she could get her hands on. Mm-hmm. So... Compared to, like, Big Bertha, where we didn't get to see much of that. Yeah. Whatever was iridescent. But we did get to see, like, some rainbows. Mm-hmm. If anything, Paloma was serving more rainbows than Bertha. Which is unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Uh, Le Grand Dame opens her box and she's like, ooh, it all looks like BDSM gear. And yep. she gets more into it and she realizes, oh, it's not really that way. It's just all pointy and spiky. Leather. Mm. We also get, to, they get their perfume bottles like pre-selected for them. And this is what I kind of didn't like about the challenge is I was expecting them to like design and create their own perfume and then get to do, like, the whole video challenge. Instead, it was more of a branding challenges, but the brand was assigned to them randomly. Yeah. I think it was just, like, a... This is what you... This is what we're giving you. Make do with it and try your branding yourself with it. Yeah. And and it's unfortunate because I feel like had they been allowed to design their own perfumes from scratch, I think Le Grand Dame probably would have done a lot better and Bertha probably would have done a lot better. Absolutely. We might have ended up with a completely different bottom two, top two, and all that. But we move. Um, so where do we start? Where do we start? Uh, we. Oh yes, we get to Lagranda. Actually, I think now should be a good time for this. Part oh yeah, that. <laughs> We're doing great, guys. Uh. <laughs> First, we get like on them. So I guess so, like we're just gonna talk about like their run through with it, and then the actual commercial itself. Yes. So Lagrandam was beating herself up this episode for whatever reason. She just seemed kind of. She previously she'd been told by Kitty Smart that she needed to listen to instructions better, and she was kind of up in her head about that. From what I've gleaned watching this. Right. Um, she took this in such a weird direction. A funny direction, even. But I'm, I'll actually, I'll jump in and say this now. Nikki Doll did a really good job as the host of this episode because she seemed like she actually wanted everyone to succeed and she went around helping and actually giving good advice. Mm-hmm. And Le Grand Dame was someone she was really helpful with this week. It's not like the RuPaul of all, where RuPaul will go, Oh, you're doing that character you're really confident for for Snatch Game? Here's a reference I understand that I think you should do that I know you'll be terrible at, so we can send you home. Theresa May. Good God. Back to Nikki Doll. Just Nikki Doll, if you're watching this, thank you for being an amazing host. Thank you for being um, you. And thank you, yeah, just thank you for for being. A show of queen. Yes, honestly, the show of queen. Rue could never. 
Rue could never. Fred Van Leer could never. There are many people who could never. Paulo Balestra, Ballet. Ballesteros. There we go. That bitch from Drag Race Philippines could never. But uh, yeah, Le Grandin took this in a funny direction and it wasn't funny haha. It was funny. It was weird. funny weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did notice though, like they. I think I think one of the moments that kind of stood out to me, like with this, was just there. There wasn't much of that in the run throughout. Least there wasn't much of that perfume, like being um, yeah. And, and it's just in that commercial, like we couldn't even actually see the actual bottle. We just saw like the the ship like the the spraying of it, you know, and it completely covered like the yeah. The it wasn't really about the perfume as much as it was about her being like. I am a manly woman. I am the modern woman. Ho ho. It was all a bit strange. And I'm honestly, I'm going to say I'm shocked she wasn't in the bottom two. I'm going to say the same. Like the, the judging to me was kind of questionable, specifically around the Grand As it's been all season, honestly. As but, it's been all season, yeah. Yeah. But let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we have. La Big Berta. La Big Berta. Cliché by Marais. Uh, so she was giving us everyone at ev every bachelorette at a bachelorette party ever. Her story was like something about, oh, this is her 17th wedding and she's planning another bachelorette yeah. party. So she's going to go to a gay beach and be a nuisance. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I she kind of went almost a similar route as like La Grande Dame where it's, you know, I'm going to play a character. Yeah. I it's... feel like could make the judges laugh. And if I make the judges laugh at the end of the day, then that's cool. It wasn't about the perfume though. It was about her being a Karen, which is why she didn't do well. Yeah. It's... And I'm very familiar with this type of woman having worked in drag for four years. Literally, the last show I did, a woman nearly climbed on top of me, which was really great. Which, okay, sorry. We're we're going to take a quick sec, uh, moment over here um, and say, please respect the spaces of all the queens that are performing on stage. Um, it is not your spotlight to have. It is for them. And to the woman at Vicky Vaults who tried to climb on stage with me, if when you twerk... Your ass moves like curdled milk. Maybe twerking isn't for you. Nah, you can say about the maybe. Twerking isn't for you. Um, um, yeah. Things um, haven't been the same for her since the hip replacement. Oh, that's tea. Anyways, back to cliche. Back to cliche by Marais. Um Yeah, it was just... I don't know. Drag queens making a joke about this kind of woman... It doesn't always sit well for me because mm -hmm. even though I know this kind of woman to be an absolute terror, it's still in the back of my mind is a little bit uncomfortably misogynistic because I know gay men can be that way as well. Right. I'm not saying that Le Big Bertha was going into this with the intention of being misogynistic or what she did was misogynistic. I just think it's a done joke and it's done to death. And it just, I didn't get the perfume branding of it all. Honestly, this was hardly a branding challenge. It was more of a comedy acting challenge from the way everyone acted in it. 
Yeah. I... She had an idea. I don't think it was the best idea, but even then, the idea got lost. And what got me as well is at the beginning of um, this this challenge, I believe it was LeGrand Dam who said, oh, we've hit all the big milestones. We've done Snatch Game. We've done the girl groups. We've done the talent show. There's no main challenges left. Yeah, but they haven't hadn't done a branding challenge, so it's like ah, that's where they're going with this. Yeah, I think now I think now it's like people are looking at that now as like a main challenge, as like one of the staples. Because um, since after like season five, shortly after season five, there weren't like that many mm. until like. Because the early seasons of Drag Race, there was a lot of branding challenges, and then there was kind of a gap between... Oh, that, yeah, that's true. And I want to say, a... like, 7 and All-Stars 3, there wasn't a lot, and then after All-Stars 3, I think branding challenges came back in a big way. No, All-Stars 2, actually. I don't remember anything from Season 9. I don't remember anything from Season 10 in terms of branding. Well, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> it probably is because I, I really don't remember the brand. I haven't watched those seasons in a while, so I couldn't tell you either. Oh, T. But okay. ch- chugging well, along, next up is Lolita. Lolita Coquin. I thought this was funny. This made me I laugh. I actually thought this made me laugh as well. Even just the name of it, Lolita Coquin, oddly sounds like Lolita Cocaine. Like, whether. In English and in Spanish, like I, I was waiting for the the ah at the end of cooking. Like I was like Lolita Coquina, cocaina. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> you're making a perfume with coke. <laughs> and this was just such and like, it was funny to me. Like she was funny. I mean, granted, it's the an odd choice for a perfume brand, but she was like. Oh, you know what? I'm going to be this teenage girl. So when she was explaining it to Nikki, she was like, oh, I'm this teenage girl, but I like to sing, but also I smell bad and my friends don't want to play with me, but I want to have a slumber party. She did like a really weird job of explaining it, but when the mm. advert actually played out, I really got it. And I, I thought really, it was funny. I thought the ad was actually really good too. Again, questionable judging. Yeah. I... She also got sort of a JoJo Siwa box where it's just all things you want for an 80s dance party for your 12-year-old daughter. The thing is, she knew how to make it work. Lolita knew how to make it work. Yeah, Lolita made it work. Bertha just threw what she could together and panicked. Yeah. Um, I just, I really love the commercial. It's I did too. I'm so, Honest, I'm so, dare I say, like, this was... Lolita should not have been in the bottom for me. No, and maybe it's not as funny as in French. Maybe. If, if any of our viewers have any opinions down below, we love hearing from you, so please let please. us know. But this wasn't the... F- this was really funny to me. I really I, I really like But then again, we'll get into the runways, because we'll I'm sure the the runways later, had but... some choices, choice words to say. Anyways. Next. So de <laughs> We're not going to get demonetized for saying that, are we? I really hope not. (laughs) Okay. So, um, that is the name of Soa the Muses, um, perfume. 
I actually really love this route of. I loved her advert. I thought she did great. I thought she did great too. And I love that she put the focus on like black excellence. Yes. Like that that part actually really moved me. With the Afro wig, mm, she looked good. She looked and I love that she got like the pit crew member to like kneel before her and then she sprayed it on. I also love that she reused her blazer from her entrance look, if you noticed. The pink oh, yes, she did. I did notice that. <laughs> no. Oof, that's right. It's late here in the UK. When, when she had the couch, I totally swore I thought it was going to be another um, Ruanimal moment. But Ruanimal. I love that. By she... Sua. <laughs> By Coco. <laughs> it's an exotic. Wow. Essence of a woman. <laughs> I'm sorry, the season five branding challenge was so good. That's why I wanted this so to be. Yeah. Ivy Winters, Rob. I know she, I know she's retired drag now. Dress but... code by Ivy Winters for the glamorous girl on the go. Oh. Not only does it change your scent, it changes your style. It's I can recite that entire challenge off the top of my head. It's the fact that it was originally called Roy's Pose, Poison Rosebud. Poison Rosebud. And then they were like, you should change that because it sounds like an asshole. <laughs> like literally Rosebud asshole. Foul. Foul. Oh, but my favorite from that is heroin. My favorite, my favorite is either heroin or delusion. Delusions. But yeah, Soa did really great. And um, she kind of was on the struggle bus in the actual filming part of it. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's how I perceived it, at least. And I was like, oh, they're setting up Soa to send someone home. And I was willing to bet that they were going to set Soa and Bertha up to lip sync against each other. Right. Or we were going to have Soa send Lolita home. Because I... Had a hunch at the beginning of this episode, lo- this was going to be Lolita's episode, which it wasn't, but we'll get into that. It was, yeah, it was just, she did a good fucking job. I thought she did a great job, too. Like, it, it really came together at the end, and for me, it was very fun to watch. And it's memorable. It's very memorable to me. And moving on up. Yeah. Paloma. With Arnake, I think. Arnak? I'm not going to try and pronounce that because I don't want our French viewers to hate me. And by that I mean I cannot... The Yorkshire accent is just not built to pronounce French. And I'm very (laughs) glad I took German lessons in high school because I know our French teacher in the classroom next door was fighting for her life trying to teach 30-odd Yorkshire kids how to speak French. And she's teaching with a Yorkshire, with a York accent too? No, our French teacher was actually French. This is also a thing. Oh. I, I've been meaning to bring this up. I have never met anyone in the entire of England who has ever had a French teacher that was not a middle-aged white woman that was also not completely evil. Like, I'm just convinced all the French teachers at, in England are some kind of insane and the thing about that is the majority of them are probably English themselves. So what is it that drives English women to learn French to become supervillains? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look back at the French teachers I've had as well. Um, and very much 
all I can remember from that. They were all white women, middle aged. Um, I well, not middle aged, somewhere between thirty and sixty. Um, old. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> long. I remember that our French teacher famously swore at a student and told him to fuck off. And you know what? Because of the student it was, I have to agree with her. But on to Paloma. Paloma. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of white women in their 30s, Paloma. She brought she brought back the 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 champagne and the martini glass. Yes, and I love this dress and I love the hair. It was for me, Paloma's out uh, not outfit. Paloma's commercial didn't really stick in my mind, and I'm having a hard time remembering what she actually did. I I remember her talking about how she's she always how that glass has always been with her. Yeah, it was a bit of an odd. It wasn't Paloma's finest hour, I'll say that. It it wasn't. And also, I was kind of for the entire time she had this uh, ginger beehive on, I just kept noticing the lace that's all the way back here, because you can see where it goes grey, where her uh, hair underneath is visible under the lace. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I don't know if you have any insight on the uh, perfume commercial. I mean, I don't remember it. I'm, I'm, okay, so a a little behind the scenes action uh, from my end. Sometimes whenever we record these episodes, I'll have the episode itself like running at a very low volume so that we don't get taken down for copyright. Um, But uh, I just remember Paloma not being the best with time management. Yes, Paloma took all the way until like like we the had very last second. Yeah, we had literally oh, I, one. Finally, Paloma sprays herself mm. with, with this composite perfume. I will say I did appreciate learning this episode about. I mean, we had already known that Paloma was very into cinema because she makes quite a few references to it. But it was nice mm. to learn that she works as a director and that she's a filmmaker. Because uh, yes. speaking of fabulous skinny drag queens who are also filmmakers except i'm not skinny i'm more of a somewhere between dad bod and muscular and um i don't do filmmaking anymore because i hate it if you want a good way to waste nine thousand pounds go to university for film (laughs) three years and a pandemic later and what am i doing for work i'm a teaching assistant wow yep that that's pretty much the the panda express of it all. Um, <laughs> the panda express of it all. Uh, yeah, I I can remember much from Paloma's commercial, honestly. No, me neither. So they come back into the workroom after the. They come back into the workroom after on the Stringer. day of elimination. Yes, and they push in a tra- a, a trolley with makeup on it and they're pretending to be air hostesses yeah <laughs> which was super funny to me because all they were saying to each other is sorry we only have orange juice or apple juice i don't know what it was but it did it was orange juice it was orange juice yeah i did have a good giggle about it and then they're getting ready 
And we found out that fucking hell, my accent came through thick just then. We found out. Um, we found out that La Big Bertha is actually a cancer survivor. She's in remission. But, you know, we get the story of how La Big Bertha came a full-time drag performer after surviving cancer or while she was going through chemo. And she arranged her dates around her shows, literally, because that's what drag meant to her. Mm-hmm. And it's a very... It's a tough conversation, but it's beautiful to see you know, the solidarity between La Big Bertha surviving with cancer and Lolita who's surviving with HIV. Mm-hmm. Honestly, just know that we stand with you um, and we are very proud of y'all for sharing your stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Bertha and Lolita. Um, but it is... Anyone, oh, sorry, else that, anyone else that is also opening up with these stories, we are mm. very proud of you. And it's, it was an interesting conversation around what it's like to work as a drag performer in France. Because yeah. it seems very, very few of them are able to do it full time. Now, mm-hmm. I would say, even though I personally don't know anyone who works full time in drag, it is a lot more possible in the UK because the culture surrounding drag because drag is acceptable entertainment for straight people in the UK. Therefore, it's more palatable. Therefore, you can get more gigs. You know, you can work down the local pub in drag in the UK. Yeah. And I've noticed that even with, like, the West, the Western Hemispherean world as well, the West world, um, where... Love that show. <laughs> the Where the, the drag is also a lot more accept, a lot more accepted by... Um, a, a huge range of people, a bigger range of people than, say, like you know, Asia, like Southeast Asian. Although there there could be like some exceptions, not that I personally would know of. Um, but I know, especially in a city like Toronto, um, it is so like diverse, where there's literally everyone from every single walk of life, um, and just. I know a good amount of, I know like a handful of queens that are pursuing drag full time. Mm. And I love them for that. Um, And they're doing pretty well for themselves. I believe for a short while, one drag performer in York was trying to go full time in drag. This was when the shows were for a very brief while weekly. And then... They also, they live, this person I'm referring to lives with their partner and their partner has a very well-paying job. So I imagine it would have been kind of easy for them to just live, full, but be able to be a full-time drag performer. But when our shows got downgraded to only twice a month, they kind of pile in, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. I'd love for everyone in Yorkville to work in drag full-time. Yeah. So the... We, I just had a stroke and no one did anything. But we find out our guest judges for this week are. I'm going to have to Google because I've forgotten their names. I know. I know the woman. (laughs) I forgot the man. I am going to go look on the wiki. Okay. Please tell us about. So, um, 
we this was a gag for me because I I ended up like so they they revealed that Yasuo was gonna be on was it gonna be a guest judge for this episode. I literally paused it and like searched up who Yusuo was because I had an idea of I had I thought I had an idea of like who this person could be. Hi Logan. Hello. Oh thank God, save us. <laughs> oh no. We've been doing our best. We've been doing our best. I Everyone, the show just became watchable. Wait, what? The show just became watchable. Oh, whatever. It's very watchable without me. But I came at the right time because Nikki looks great. Nikki yes. looks great. And we were just saying we literally forgot is... who this guy is. Alexandre oh, the hot one? He's a um he's some designer. Alexandre Matusi. Yeah, he's some like apparently like I'm gonna uh, assume like probably a haute couture designer. I don't know. Haute couture. Truly that. Um Nikki. I kinda great. only want to talk about Isolt, if I'm being honest. I I just I love you so. I am not oh. a gray. It's a no. I'm not a gray. I loved her. Truly, loved her. like if they added her to the judging panel permanently, I wouldn't be mad. I would be so happy because just she has that energy similar to like. I get, I get it similarly like a Nicole Byer energy. Or like I was a, thinking like like the fabulous black women that should be rotated on the judging panel of Drag Race US. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, Kitty's smile looks amazing. Not that Daphne doesn't, but Kitty looks great. I Daphne's love giving me classic Mugler references, which I love. Yes. But everyone shut I, the yeah. fuck up. Nikki Doll looks amazing. Uh, this is maybe my favorite Nikki look of the season. I love the ponytail. The ponytail is what I love is. this hair. I want her to argue with me and turn away very dramatically and slap me in the face with this ponytail. Yes. I would love that too. Yes. Oh, and I'll I'll save my comments on the challenge performances for the very end because I have thoughts. <laughs> oh good, because we've already covered the challenge. <laughs> I figured because I, I, I know where we are in the slideshow, because I made it. Um, <laughs> Once again, proving that Logan is hauling this entire fucking team. No, I just do all of the work. <laughs> I don't do everything. I don't just provide all the, the just all the, Let's just be all the menial labor. Anyway. <laughs> God. <laughs> Runway? Runway. Runway. So the category, in case you missed it, is haute couture. What the fuck is this? Party. Yeah, so that's where's it. The, where's the slide that says haute couture? The very first one. Yeah. Oh, Steve, I'm not finding that. You can literally just... No, I can't. I don't have my mouse plugged in to plug my light in. Oh. Um, that's a you problem. Yeah, I put um, it on the first slide. I didn't do, like, a buffer slide because I forgot. <laughs> That's fine. Oh. There, there we go. go. There we go. Category is Haute Couture, which has to be a season. This gives me like season two runway themes. 
It's no, like, this gives this gives me like I I just rewatched a bit of season twelve. I like this gives me like category is sparkle. Like, what the fuck do you mean? This is why I like Drag Race Canada because Drag Race Canada will be like your theme this week is to dress up like a mythological creature from the de- well, depths of Lake Erie. We haven't talked about this week, but the category was just sleeves. But go on. Um, <laughs> and everyone well, did least, it flawlessly. At yes. least, like, that is, like, you know, I'm featuring this part kind of thing. Compared sure, to, like, yeah. just sparkle. Where's Drag Race US is, like, glimmer, gold, apples. Okay. I miss when Drag Race US themes used to be difficult. Anyway, that being said, let's take a look at some of these lurks. Hunties. Lurks. So first up, we have La Grande Dame. I'd like y'all to start. <laughs> La Grande Dame in all black and in a gown. Ooh. Again. Again. Groundbreaking. Listen, it's a nice gown. It's a lovely yeah. gown. But we've seen a lot of this from La Grande Dame. And I'm, I love the headpiece. I'm bored. Same. And I feel like the conversations yeah. about versatility that were had with Ellipse needed to be had with Le Grand Dame. Yep. I think that is a production thing. I'm very yeah. certain that's a production thing, given the judging, um, especially revolving around Le Grand Dame. Um, I, I, mean, have thoughts, I have thoughts, feelings, and opinions. Sorry to interject real quick. I have thoughts, feelings, and opinions. I don't want to talk about them until we talk about who was eliminated. Yeah. So I'm just going to say that. Like, I have most of my thoughts. Because are. I mean, we'll get into it, but it was. But yeah, yeah. my thing with La Grande Dame is I had this same problem with Sharon, where they pushed Sharon too much and they were like trying to make her the focal point too much. I enjoy La Grande Dame as a narrator of the season, I enjoy her talking heads. She gives good runways. But it feels like they're afraid to give her too many critiques and they're afraid to put her in the bottom. It's the not necessarily the Aquaria effect, but like they there is there is always special treatment. Almost always. I'll say almost always. There's almost always special treatment for the I'm gonna say white skinny fashion girl. White I mean, skinny young fashion girl. White I mean, skinny if you young do fashion really girl. want to get into it. I imagine Cornbread probably would have gotten this treatment had Cornbread not rolled her ankle because Cornbread specifically had a contract saying, you're in the top four, sis, don't worry about it. Yeah. That being said, you are right. It does predominantly happen to production favourites and production favourites tend to be the queens with the most followers, which yeah. in our society tend to be makeup twinks. White skinny, white skinny young fashion queens. Um, and, and that, honestly... I look now at like Le Grand Dame, the character on Drag Race France, separately than I look at Le Grand Dame, the drag queen, because I love Le Grand Dame. Agreed. I think mm-hmm. she's so funny. She's so entertaining. I really like her drag. I hate the way that she's been characterized by the production of the show. Agreed. Agreed. Because, um, like, I'm just going to say this right now Le Grand Dame should have been in the bottom two this week. Oh, agreed. And I'm gonna like, say this. I'm gonna say this now. If Le Grand Dame gets to the final three and wins, I won't be okay with it because she's had a fairly good run on the season. But I don't think she should win. 
I think I know who's going to win the season, and we'll talk about it. Um, I would be okay with it being that person, if we're on about the we, same person. I think we are. With that being said about the look specifically, it's a black, like you said, Eris, it's a black gown. We've seen this before. I think of the black gowns that she, or like dark gowns that she has given this season, I think this is my favorite. I think this, yeah. like, there's a lot, like, the structure, little peplum section, I think is really, really good. I like the fabrics that were used. I don't understand the hair hat, but I think that's just something I'm not going to understand. Um, I don't, like, I don't dislike it, but I don't love it. Mm -hmm. I don't so, necessarily love it either. I don't know. It feels like, I, I, I feel something off is specifically like where you can see the corset slash bustier kind of transition quote-unquote transitioning it's it's not really a transition honestly into a lot of what we've gone from la grand dame i'm just looking through her wiki page now for her drag race wiki page a yeah. lot of everything she has worn has been either black or white yeah the only exception and, really being the condom dress and the and like account. if that's your yeah. aesthetic, cool. I'm not mad at it, but like for drag race, I just want to see a little bit more versatility. Yeah, and yeah. she's got had some great looks, but you know the um the Britney look, the giant fucking yeah. like tool situation, like that was really cool. That being said, my cups are like a seventy. My cup is also at a 70, yeah. I'm going to give her a 75 because this is my favorite of the black gowns. I don't remember what I've given any of her black gowns I, in the past. My personal favorite is the one where she duck walked and she yeah. had the biggest hat. The, Brit the Britney one. That's the one I'm talking about. Oh. Where she okay. had a duck walk under the like thing. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm Do talking about. Do you know how tall she actually is? 6'6", six, six, I believe. Oh, I thought she was 6'5", but yeah. Something it's somewhere between six four and six six. I looked it up one time and I don't remember. But I'll give her a seventy five. I again, I don't remember what I've given her other looks, but I, I, I this is my favorite of the just of the black gowns, excluding the the Brittany look. This is my favorite of the black gowns that she has given this season. Okay. Yeah. Next. Up next we have La Big, La Big Berta. I love this concept. Agreed. Agreed. I think the idea of a size four dress in this caftan is really fun. The only thing I wish, and I think Iselt is the one that's, that mentioned it, I just want the fabric to be a sheerer fabric. And I mm -hmm. understand if, like, she didn't have access to a fabric that was sheerer or if she didn't feel comfortable enough. I, I, She talks a lot about body positivity and shows off her body a lot. I don't, it's probably more so the former of, of yeah. the two yeah. things. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really, I like this. I really love this as well. But I will, I will agree with um, what Yusult said and I'm, um, and I do. And enjoy I don't think it. that's, that, that's a Bertha problem. I think that's kind of like whoever made it. A made logistics it. problem, probably. Probably. I also do enjoy this story of this 
because we do have a problem within the fashion industry where models are ridiculously thin. No one, yeah. I don't know a single person who is actually a size four. I do. Bitch, fuck her. But okay. she's also like 19. Oh. So, Ew. like, I don't know people I, our age that are a size four. I, I believe this to be true. I remember reading this. And to our lovely viewers in France, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there is actually like a legal limit on how skinny models can be in France yes, because it's promoting eating disorders. And some people are naturally very life and very skinny. Yeah. But so many young women specifically chase after the supermodel figure that is completely unobtainable. Yeah. I think that's why I want to give a very like huge and special shout out to the lovely Ashley Graham. Yes. Who is all about that body positivity and teaching us that you can work with whatever body you have, whether regardless of the size. I love Ashley. I'm going to say my cup's at an 80. I'm going to say my cup's at an 80. Yeah. I'm going to say 85. Because I, I think the construction of the caftan itself just brings it up a little bit for me. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very well constructed. The hair confused me. Yeah, it was an, a choice. It was a choice. I know, I know people that really liked it. I'm not one of those people necessarily, but I don't think it detracts away from the look that much. Yeah. It kind of gives almost the blonde version of like the hair that she, the singular braid that she wore um, in the, when she wore all the garbage bags. Yeah. And it's Will the same concept. But in blonde, it's the same hair, but she just washed the dye out of it for this. Yeah. Anyways. She still looks good. Agreed. Next up is Lolita Banana. I want to love this so much. Same. I like it. I like it. Like it. I, that, I, mm, go ahead, Eris. My only thing is with this runway specifically being haute couture <laughs> this reads slightly more costume and that's not a bad thing because i think this is a great look mm -hmm. however i just knew the judges were going to shit on her the moment i saw this and i knew they were yeah. going to tell her this is a costume this isn't yeah couture mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think it's it's like if you get the stills from ivy winters and then you kind of get that concept that Valentina wore in All Stars Four, if you remember, yeah, her like yep. very like deconstructed drag look. I was gonna actually say because I did, I forgot about that reference. I was gonna say Akira's All Stars Six look. Oh, the face like, kini, yeah, the face kini, yeah. Um, I think what detracts it for me is the chat. I think that's what like brings it out of 
haute couture for me. Because yeah, I like I, I like the stilts. Obviously, we haven't seen stilts since Ivy Winters. Mm-hmm. And that look was, the category for that, I believe, was, like, signature drag. Yeah, yeah. it was best drag. And so, I love, remember remember the early seasons when the categories were, like, signature drag, best drag, bring Favorite your body part. glamorous drag. Like, it was just, like, wear whatever you want on any given week. Like, it is, is it what was it like, was, basically. Beautiful gowns, lovely gowns. Quite literally. Literally. Um, but the concept of this, I love. Like, this is something I don't think I've ever seen on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Like, the headpiece itself, the fact that she was able to walk on stilts with this headpiece is impressive in itself. Could Absolutely. you imagine the Grand Dame on those stilts? She literally would not physically be able to. They would have to cut the stilts. The crane shot would just be looking down from the very top of the studio. The, the photo that they take would literally just be like tits down. They like, wouldn't even, even be able to get oh, a photo. Wait, wait yep. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, um. So, for Mademoiselle Lolita Banana, I'm going to say this is a 70 for me. I'm going to say this is a. This is this is close. yeah seventy. I love like if if I was ignoring the category, this would be like an eighty. But because I have to remember the category, I'm gonna give it a seventy. Boo! Didn't you give it a seventy? Yeah. Then shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking bitch. Next up you is bitch. So I demuse. This is Hulk Control. This bitch. This is Old Couture. It's giving me that's so the Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Honestly. Funny. Fuck no. off. No, no, what would have what would have made it funnier is if you had said that's so the Raven by um Edgar Allan Poe. Raven. That's what I fucking said. I'm <laughs> no. trying to include her name in the in the in Edgar Allan Poe. Right. Anyway. Edgar Allan Simone. Edgar Allan Simone. There boom, it is. There it is. Boom boom the third. <laughs> um <sighs> like okay, okay, here's the thing though. Is this a black dress? Yes. But we haven't seen this from Soa. I don't think. The closest thing I could think of is literally the hairdress that she wore in the first episode. Sure. Yeah. I can't think of like an... Color scheme alone, I think of like her entrance look. But like the texture of this skirt being like this plever... And then the frills all the way up here, the nails, the yeah. hair is just art. She looks, for lack of a better word, fucking sexy. She yeah. looks like haute couture. She looks expensive. She looks like a bad bitch that's about to go fight vampires. And I love that. She's giving me Rihanna meets Naomi Campbell. Lesbian yes. vampires in France. 
My cup is full. My cup is overflowing. My cup is overflowing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, my jaw dropped when I saw that. Paloma. This is why my cup was full with Soa. Because I... Of course you do. I love this look. Because it's okay. It Honestly, yeah. Um, I've studied Erte before, and I'm trying not to make my biases very, very, like, influential here. But this truly, and the, the gown mixed with the way that she performed this on the runway is truly something we've never seen on Drag Race. Mm. And that's what I appreciate so much about it. Um... The, the drawing, it dropping from the ground, revealing Paloma, the way she walked, the way that she, like, acted this look. All of it, for me, was just absolute perfection. I think this is my favorite look of Paloma's of the entire season. I'll agree and with I, understand, I understand completely if y'all don't like it. No, I like it. This gives... And I understand there's a lot of people online that I've seen that didn't like it. Um... That's why I said that. But this, I love this. I I love this look too. Um, I will I will say just spoiler alert. I per, it's not to me. I don't know why. Like I feel I I personally enjoy Soa's looks better than this. But this was so well executed. I really love how this was presented on the runway. Um, like you mentioned, Logan. Um, as someone who doesn't like understand Arte or just anyone along those lines except for maybe Gautier. Uh, I still really like this look. I'm not oh, saying it's bad, but I, I also do. will say like probably like easily like my top two favorite looks. It's in my and top two. I love the headpiece because it's giving Yas Queen sachet to the guillotine. If the French Revolution was gay, Paloma would be the guillotine. I'm trying. My arms really hurt. I'm not going to do that. Not that. I can't help that I did dumbbell flies today. Now my titties all sore. Oh, yeah. Don't do that, babe. Uh, but, I mean, so what's what's so impactful about Erte, and Paloma got into it a little bit on the runway, is just that, like, none of his looks were ever created in his lifetime. And, like, he was such a big fan of fashion, but was never able to, like... I, I don't think... Again, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he was ever able to, like, translate that to actual models. Most of it is because of the time period he lived. He lived in the 1920s. Um, was, like, when he did the majority of his work. And so he really wasn't able to, like, translate. And so people finding these looks in the modern day, um, like Paloma said, um, I don't think this look has ever been made. And so, like, that in itself just brings it up for me. Like this. I mean, is... the first thing I Googled, I just Googled Ate, and the first thing that pops up is literally... This exact look Paloma's wearing, but in black. Yeah. I love that. Um, my cup is overflowing for Paloma. My cup is full. My cup is overflowing. 
speech. This is like the also, fourth on-camera thing I've done today, by the way, like breaking the fourth wall, so I'm just tired. <laughs> and also, our uh, fun fact of the day is Erte almost shares a birthday with me. Ooh. 23rd of November, 24th. Ooh, Almost 100 years, exactly. Lovely gal. Lovely gal. Lovely gal. Lovely gal. Very that. (laughs) So we have a winner of the challenge. We do. I don't know because I accidentally skipped this part. Oh, yeah, it's Paloma. Paloma! Yeah, Actually, so, they, mm, so Nikki calls. Oh, we didn't. Oh, we didn't. Wait, 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 wait. We didn't talk about the Nikki emotional moment. Oh yes. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so, so Paloma is talking with the judges, and then she's like, "Nikki, thank you so much. Like what you did, mm. being third boot on Drag Race season twelve. No, I'm kidding. Um, she doesn't say that. <laughs> but like what you did, and like you experiencing." Drag Race has made this experience so much more friendly and warm. And I loved that those were the words that Paloma used to describe the experience because you don't often hear that being used to describe judges on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, it's um, cut scenes of cussing out judges saying, uh, who the fuck do you think you are to judge me? Um, but I love that. And then Nikki like kind of breaks down and is like, I'm really, really happy that I was able to bring this to my home country. And like, I'm so happy that you all get to experience what I did, even if it was for a short time with, with that I was on. And I, I, I've said this from the start of the season. I'm so happy that Nikki gets to live the Drag Race experience through being the host of this show because mm-hmm. she didn't get to do that on season 12. Yeah. Yeah. And we did and get like, a little I'm... into it. We did get a little oh, into ahead. it at the beginning of the episode because mm-hmm. um, we spoke how Nikki gave really great, insightful, insightful walkthroughs and actually helped yes. everyone feel grounded in the challenge a little bit. Yeah. I think that that really is what spurred this conversation on this specific episode. Um, yeah, yeah. I I mean, we still have two more episodes, so like Nikki could turn into a raging bitch of a host. But I love the way that Nikki has has hosted this season. Nikki's been my favorite host. I think I'm gonna put her second, and the only reason I say that is because Art Aria is my favorite host. Mm. Actually, I Supreme is probably my favorite. I would probably put Art third. That's fair. Uh, yeah, because I haven't watched Drag Race Thailand yet, it wouldn't be fair for me to put Art Arya in my list. But Supreme and Nikki are definitely in that top three. I feel like now that Drag Race Thailand has been like unfortunately canceled for the for the short term. I feel like once we have a moment where we're not covering four seasons of Drag Race at once, I would love to go back and do like a podcast series of like at least season two of Thailand mm-hmm. because season one actually isn't available on Wild Presents Plus, I don't believe. It's not. Which is I, I can't even find it like anywhere online. Which is unfortunate because Natalia Pleakam is actually one of my favorite winners. 
and a lot of that cast is really really good mm -hmm. um but at least season two i would love to like go back through and like watch it and talk about it i still distinctly remember watching drag race talent season one for the first time and i believe morrigan walks in yeah and jar jar just makes his face where she's like Like bigger it's, queen. Yeah. I mean, Thailand is like, if you know anything about Thailand, Thailand is just a completely different format. But I still really like it. So, anyway, we're talking about France. Nikki, fabulous, beautiful, wonderful. Um, and, and then, then we get really never before the question. Wait, what did you say, Tim? Talented, brilliant, never before. Yes. All that stuff. I don't remember yeah. what else was after that. All of the words to describe Nikki. The and then we get the dreaded who should go home and why. I think this is a spoiler. I think this is the first time that someone has said themselves to go home and they haven't. Yeah, geez. Yeah. I think this is definitively the first time that's happened. Because Chanel, Scarlet Envy, Nikki Doll, Nikki Doll. Um, because so everybody's saying who they think should go home, and everybody says Lolita, including Lolita. And I just like the mo I'm watching, and I'm like, I'm seeing like the emo it's the emotional buildup. I'm like, Lolita, please don't say yourself, please don't say yourself. And then she does, and then Nikki's like, don't do that. I did that on my season and I regret it. Every day. Like every day. Cause I mean, I still think Nikki goes home that episode, but I don't know if she's in the bottom. Right. If she doesn't say herself. I think we see a very different trajectory of the season if Nikki Doll doesn't say herself. Mm. And that's just my season 12 conspiracy. Because I honestly, in my heart of hearts, I don't think they planned for Crystal Method to be a finalist. But I love that Crystal Method was a finalist. I love that Crystal Method was a finalist, but I see... Side tangent. I see in that challenge, if um, if Nikki doesn't say herself, I honestly see them saving Nikki and Heidi sends Crystal home. You're the one who wanted to do a fork the pain away number. I wanted to do something. But then again, well. I think that whole challenge was judged stupidly. And uh, wait, not even not even Britta, because Britta was technic was in that bottom three with um Heidi. Oh, I thought it was Crystal. No, Crystal was in the losing group. But oh, but because yeah. she looked no, like a Polynesian I think they put, No, I, you're right. I think they put Britta in the bottom, and they sent Heidi sent Britta home two episodes before she does. Or it could, mm, I was going to say it could be the other way around, but at that point they started getting really good talking heads from Heidi. I think that song, I think Heidi beats most people to that song. Yeah. Kim Petras. Um, love that. Anyway. I love that I just come in and just all the side notes. Anyway. Um, everybody I know, we were getting through this episode so quickly. Sorry. Um... Everybody says Lolita, including Lolita, and then she says Bertha, only because Bertha's like, it's okay, I know. <laughs> like, you can say my name, it's cool. And then in the Untucked, I just felt so bad for Lolita, because she, it, they cut to her in confessional, and she's like, I want to go home. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, no, simultaneously, baby, I'm no. like, no, but also like, if you're checked out, you're checked out. And I was, that was very we'll talk about it, but I was just completely shocked that she stayed. Yeah, let's. I, I don't think there's anything else really to talk about. I no. think we can. I think we can get into. Yeah, that. I think so. I think they. I remember just one of the reasons they. Everyone said Lolita was just because they felt the least connected with Lolita. Which I hate that reasoning. I'm gonna be honest. No, but if you want someone to go home, say either they did shit in this challenge. Uh, they're my biggest threat, send them home. Because, mm -hmm. like, I don't remember specifically, I'm pretty sure Bertha has the worst track record at this point. Yeah. Because yeah. Lolita's not touched the bottom before. I was going to say, I don't know if y'all talked about it, Lolita was the only person going into top five that had not been, or no, no, Grand Dame had never lip-synced. Grand, Grand Dame hasn't lip-synced. She should have. But um, that was my revisionist history. Uh, Paloma and Grandam are the only people that haven't lip synced yet. Nope, Paloma so, has. Paloma has. I met La Grandam. Again, I get them confused. Um, Not all white skinny people look the same, Logan. How yes, dare you? Yes, most of them do. One um, of them is a gratitude critic. Oh, yeah. And one of them is just tall. Um, but yes, Paloma wins. The top two is Paloma and Soa. I don't understand this. Because I, I don't know what y'all thought about the challenge, but I'm going to be 100% frank. My winner of just the commercial itself was Lolita. We said we, the exact same thing. We literally okay, said that. Because truly, I was like, because they, okay, so they show Lagrandons, which was not good. And then they show Bertha's, which was not good. And then they show Lolita's. And I turned to my roommate and I'm like, Oh, so the so we know the bottom two. Thinking it was going to be Grand the Grand great Grand lady Bertha. and the big Bertha. I truly loved Lolita's commercial. I really love Lolita's commercial too. We did, yeah, we said this. Like we really loved Lolita's commercial. I don't and think her th runway was bad enough to put her in the bottom two. No, I, <laughs> no, I, and I, I don't think her. the Grand Dom's runway was good enough to take her out of the bottom two. And I'm gonna be honest, even if it was just between Paloma and Soa, I would have picked Paloma. Soa, I would have picked Soa. Paloma bored me. I don't remember anything about her advert. I don't. I didn't understand her advert. I don't remember it. I literally had to look up what her. Her, her perfume was called to put it on the slide for y'all because I didn't remember. I remembered Paloma's everybody right. else's name except for hers. Paloma? Yeah. Yeah. I had to look it up because yeah. I didn't know what it was. And then we found out the bottom two. I, I figured given the their judging because they didn't really really the only negative thing they said about Lagrandons. Like they love they enjoyed Lagrandons commercial, but they were just like, oh, I just wish you weren't in this like kind of butch character and that we saw more of Lagrandon. Which like if you're gonna do that character, cool. I don't mind the character. I don't think there was enough substance and I didn't really understand the story. Honestly, I didn't really understand anyone's 
story of the commercial other than Lolita and Soa. Yep. And so, like, if I'm judging based on a commercial, Lolita's was the most succinct. I understood what her story was. I understood what the purpose of the perfume was. And I thought it was the the best. Yeah, I I honestly thought, like, to me, it came out of the blue when Alexander was like, oh, Lolita, Lolita's commercial was the one that moved me the least. I was like, what? Anyway, Because she went campy? Like, is, anyway. is, is the entire reason she was in the bottom because her commercial... Like, the two people that were in the bottom did campy commercials? You could say the same thing about Le Grand Dame. But if they did want them to do campy, they should have just let them make their own brand instead of giving them these boxes to base oh, their brand on. Okay, I want to talk... I know y'all talked about it. I'm so sorry to bring it up again. I hated the way that they produced this challenge. I hated yes. the boxes. Yes. I hated everything about being confined in this, like, specific thing that you had to use. I hated that. I wish they had done, like, everything in your box you have to use in your look. It doesn't matter what the, like... And make it more like generic, a la the boxes that they were given for the who wore it best on UK two. Like mm -hmm. I wish they had done that and been like perfume, whatever you want, but like use this in like your look or use these things in your commercial. Like that makes it still specific, but broad enough to where people don't have to like pigeonhole themselves into one specific thing. And like the moment I saw that, I was like, oh, this whole challenge is gonna be rigged. I'm, like, just not on board. Anyway. It's the most dis disappointing episode of Drag Race. Bertha and Lolita are in the bottom. I agree so, completely. The lip sync song is Corpse by... Corpse uh, by Salt. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a more emotional lip sync. Like, I thought of some that come close, and the two that came to mind for me personally was Taste and Cherry Valentine doing Memories. And um, the other one I thought of was Yada Sophia and Alexis Mateo. Yeah. yeah. When All, Yada, well, Yada breaks down. All yeah. Ruju B. Oh, fuck. I forgot Ruju about Tansy. Yeah, how could you forget Ruju B? I've put we Raven like out of my Raven. entire memory. I'm going to be honest. Um, dancing on my own is another great example of this. But I truly, like, I, like, my roommate and I were, like, fully talking over, like, the first 10 seconds of the lip sync. And then all of a sudden, we both just get, like, silent. And we're both, we sat in silence watching this episode for, like, basically the rest of the episode. And I clearly talk a lot. And my roommate is also gay and talks a lot. So, like... <laughs> It was, it was the fact that like, I mean, well, Lolita pulls out a razor and yeah. starts shaving her head, and no one thought to pause the music and be like, "Diva, what the fuck is going on?" I would assume just because, like, oh, this could be. I assume they were thinking, like, oh, this could just be, like, a bit kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But I remember I... before the... Sorry. Uh, I remember before the lip sync started, like, um, Lolita was like, oh, I want to do kind of, like, something 
cathartic and kind of let a lot of stuff out, whether I go home or not. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact, like, if they pause the music and were like, are you good? And then reset it, they probably would have cut that out of the edit. And then it's like, oh, why are we starting the lip sync? A, with Lolita, like, half her costume is ripped off. B, half her hair is shaved off. Like, there's no way to really explain that in the edit. So, like, I, I think the judges knew that's like i don't know i feel like they probably knew that like something was gonna happen and really the only time we've ever seen the music stop is in the case of like valentina mm-hmm. but um like even with these big emotional moments like you've never seen the music stop because a you want to let that person experience whatever emotions they're feeling in that moment and b as morose as this sounds it makes good tv and so they don't want to cut anything that is 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 good TV. Um, I hate saying that too because this was such a cathartic moment, and I felt like I felt weird watching this for Lolita. Yeah, but also it, like if I'm looking at like the lip sync as the lip sync was, this is one of the best lip syncs I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, it, it, it was Bertha, I honestly, it's it's frustrating. I don't even know what to say. Like, this lip sync was just so impactful. It's something else. I, yeah. It's truly, it, it, this transcends drag race. This transcends drag. This transcends, like, everything. Um... Knowing what next week's challenge is, I'm really pissed it wasn't a double save. Yeah. Yeah. There is absolute justification to just say, y'all did that. You both stay. Knowing that next week is A, a makeover, and B, a makeover with family. Because you know for damn sure they brought in someone from Bertha's family. And, and they just like the hotel. literally, so like this was, and I understand also this is the first season. They, I forget when this was filmed. I wanted to reference Drag Race Italia and the way that they literally did a double save every other fucking episode of their six episode season, but um, I don't know. I just I wish it had been a double save. If you're gonna give someone the win. I guess Lolita, but also, like, I don't feel like there was a winner or a loser in this list. Yeah. I agree. I don't know I, if I'm making sense, but, like, I was, yeah. When they kept Lolita, I gasped. I Me fully too. gasped, because I thought for the head shaving and, like, tumbling around in her costume, that they were going to be, like, give her, give her, like, a speech from Nikki and then send her on her way. The That's fact that we lost happened. La Big Bertha here yeah. Yeah. is insane to me. Mm-hmm. I I can I can understand it from a track record point of view because, like, let's be honest, this was her second time in the bottom. She had only been high in challenges a few times. Like, as much as I loved her and I loved her character and I loved her confessionals she wasn't doing all that great in the competition itself. 
compared to Lolita, who I think could have had a win at this point. I think Lolita easily could have won. It could have been this episode. It should have been this episode. I think she could have won the the last episode as well. The girl groups. I definitely think she could have won last episode. I think she could have won the this. Yeah. And like she's been very, very consistently safe or high the whole season, whereas Bertha's track record was all was all over the place. Which I think honestly ultimately the reason why we do lose her here. Again, like I said, I wish it had been a double save, knowing that next week is a family makeover challenge. And just make it a top four. Like, you can move things around and make it a top four. Drag Race does it all the time. Again, I don't want to keep referencing Italia and how much of a mess it was, but look at Italia. Like... Italia just did whatever they wanted. Italia said, fuck you all. Quite literally, because I think all of the queens have spoken out negatively against Priscilla at this point. So, um... Yeah, I mean... Bertha falls into like the the like icon fifth place status. Yeah. And um okay. I'm sad to see her go here. But I'm happy she was here. Yeah. yeah so and Lucretia Lubamba remains on the throne as the highest placing bearded queen on drag race. I hate that. I truly do. But does your heart twerk when you see her? No. I think she's a perfectly lovely drag queen. But I think because she had the most followers of anybody on that season, she was going to be in the top four regardless of how she did, which was not good. From the, like, four episodes that I watched, it's still the only season I've never seen the whole thing. Lou Bambinator's Rise. Oh, whatever. I'm kidding. Also, not a... uh, primary coloring it out today. I just oh, noticed. Oh, being Power Rangers. I'm happy being yellow. I like being red because red's the hot one, usually. Blue seems very fitting for me in that case, actually. Sure. Yeah. So we, we have a top four. We do. We have a sickening top four. Also, I I, sorry, I just love... I love how, as emotional as Bertha was, I love how the last thing she did was slap her ass and walk off. I love it. I really love it. It's a great yeah. ass. She has a great ass. She is very attractive. She is. Um, I could have predicted this top four. I I maybe I, would have swapped Lolita for either Cam or Bertha. Yeah. But I didn't Everyone expect... else I saw coming from a mile away. I love Lolita. I didn't expect her to be in the top four. I think we know exactly how the rest of the season is going to play out. I don't know spoilers, so this is not something that I know that But you spoiled. know what? We've said that multiple times, and every time we've said that, we've been wrong. I know. With the exception um, of predicting I... Ellipse's elimination. Yeah. I I don't see a universe where unless Lolita does better, significantly better than everybody else next week, I see it being a very Cheryl Hole situation where there's literally, it doesn't matter who she's lip syncing against, she's going home. 
um, which is incredibly unfortunate. Um, but at this point, I don't see a universe where Paloma doesn't win the season. Yeah. As much as my personal pick, I think, would be Soa, I think what we're gearing up for is we're going to see LeGrand Dom get her second win next week. We're probably going to see Soa lip sync against uh, Lolita and send her home. And then that's going to be justification for not giving Soa the crown and giving it to Paloma. Yeah. Am I mad if Paloma wins? No. Because I think it's justified. Because at that point, all of them will have had two wins. And technically, LeGrand John would have the best track record, which is unfortunate. But as of recent, the person with the best track record doesn't always win Drag Race. Mm-hmm. So... And we'll be bringing you an update on that when we cover All Star. Well, yeah. I um, hate you. I hate you. I'll come on through hand performance. Yes. Someone do the outro. I don't want to do it. <laughs> um. So, th- merci beaucoup pour regarder nous. Uh, on the cup. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, and be the first to hit. Uh, and also hit that bell icon so you are the first to get And a reminder, don't send hate to French drag queens because that's punishable by six months of jail time or a fine of 7,500 euros. As the Drag Race France Instagram page had to remind people. Oh, wow. Gag. 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 Come on, my face is freezing. Press the outro button. Oh, oh, okay. Dites-moi tu enfin je saurai où je Maman No, no, not this. I just realized what you were singing. Yeah.